Welcome to the Purposed Marriage Podcast. If you are in a marriage that is damaged, broken, and think all hope is lost, we invite you to listen in to today's broadcast. We pray that through this ministry, you will find biblical encouragement and instruction that will lead you and your spouse, no matter the heart condition, to a closer walk and fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. God can and does heal marriages, no matter how desperate or impossible the circumstances may appear to be. And now, here is today's episode. Okay, welcome to the very first Purposed Marriage podcast. My name is Tom Larson. I am one of the hosts. Uh, You'll hear my wife call me Tommy. My friends usually call me Tom. I go by both. Uh, Amy, you want to say hello? Hello. This is Amy Larson. The better half of Purposed Marriage. (laughs) And uh, so this is episode number one in a series we're going to go ahead and call Conversations. And uh, Amy, I'll go ahead and just let you explain a little bit about this format and what maybe what maybe led up to it and this is all basically uh, off script right now uh, you can hear the rain falling in the background and we wanted to capture something that was truly authentic so we moved ourselves into the garage there is a torrential downpour right now here <laughs> in East Tennessee and so uh, we actually had our space heaters turned on, but we found that it was causing too much background noise. Uh, so, uh, Amy, for just a second, uh, tell our audience why we decided to go into this format here. Well, we were really looking for something authentic um, that was very real and very natural that we could provide for our followers. And we found ourselves talking on the front porch, which we often take time to do. Um, We'd sit out and enjoy a cup of coffee and we would chat. And we found ourselves, you know, talking about real issues specifically related to purpose marriage uh, that were, that was extremely helpful. And we would have these conversations and then oftentimes we would forget (laughs) what it is exactly that we came up with in the brainstorming sessions and we decided just to to do this so that we could you know capture the authenticity of our conversations and then provide something for our listeners uh, that would hopefully benefit them in their stand for marriage yeah uh, I'll echo that and uh, also add to it a little bit uh, I found that through those conversations I I was able to obtain a much better understanding of actually what was going on in Amy's life uh, during our valley experience and I guess at this point I should go ahead and uh, explain a couple things some terms that we're going to be throwing around uh, someone who is standing for their marriage, we'll go ahead and we'll refer to them as a stander. And the person who is rebelling, running from their marriage, uh, we will refer to them as the prodigal. All right. And so those conversations, uh, they're going to provide 
you all who are actually listening a, a really good perspective from both the stander and the prodigal perspectives. And we get prodigal from the story of the prodigal son. This mm -hmm. was a, the story of the son who decided to leave his father and basically just indulge himself uh, on everything that the world had to offer. Uh, but it was also a story of restoration when he came home. Uh, I, I won't say at this point that I can take credit for coining those two things as, as it relates to uh, our ministry and how we're defining the roles. Uh, in my stand, I came across a, another ministry, Rejoice Marriage Ministries, out of Pompano, Florida. Uh, this is led by Charlene Steinkamp. And uh, early on, when I began listening to the broadcast, I would hear Stander and Prodigal thrown around quite a bit, and it came, became very clear, and they, of course, explained it, uh, the, the reasons they were using those, those terms, and I thought, well, the, that actually works. That's a good way to describe uh, the roles as they exist in a marriage that is suffering and crumbling. All right, so, uh, at, we started Purposed Marriage, oh goodness, it was... We had the idea for Purpose Marriage for probably a year and a half to two years. Mm -hmm. And it was the beginning of last year that we decided to go ahead and uh, actually take action. And we got the idea of, uh, of a blog. And uh, so after doing that for about a year, the Lord sort of laid on my heart uh, the direction that He wanted us to go in. And my mind went back to the conversations Amy and I would have on the porch that were, they were just really, uh, really great and that they were chock full of insights that I was gaining from her and hopefully uh, she was gaining from me as she better understood uh, where I was coming from in my stand and I understood a little bit better about where she was at uh, in her course of running. Uh, so that was good, that was, that was the inspiration uh, and so this is our this is our first episode now uh, of this format, and we hope it uh, we hope it lends itself to you having a better understanding of uh, what is actually taking place right now. Uh, continuing, I want to give you a little bit of an in, some insights into our backgrounds, and uh, I told Amy I would go ahead and and start. Uh, so I am the oldest of four boys, grew up in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, it was a Christian home I grew up in. Uh, while we were young, I, I, my family, we were involved in very legalistic churches. Uh, these were very heavy-handed, hard-hitting, rules-based churches that didn't really foster, um, I guess, the type of environment that we are experiencing right now in the church that we're in. Uh, a true biblical perspective. Yeah, it was, it was very much rules-based and authoritarian, mm -hmm. whether it was the preaching or the leadership roles that were there. At the church. Now, I, I I went to Christian school as well, uh, growing up, and um, 
a lot of those were, were modeled the same way. Uh, so, having grown up in Chicago, um, my father worked with the airlines, and uh, we moved around quite a bit. We, we ended up in uh, Atlanta, uh, let's see, North Carolina for a brief time, I think just for a summer, and then, um, let's see, we came to Tennessee. Amy is telling me here. Just speak up. Correct me if I'm... Oh, well, you were in Virginia. Oh, I forgot about Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was after... So it was uh, Chicago, uh, Georgia, then North Carolina, then Virginia, then Tennessee. Yeah. And uh, I would say <laughs> the worst environment we were in was actually Virginia. This is an area in northern Virginia. And uh, this was uh, about the time I was in middle school. And so those are, can be very traumatic years uh, if you have nothing else bad going on in your life, just developmentally. Uh, you can either uh, flourish or you can have a hard time. Well, I was one of those who struggled in middle school. All right, but uh, I don't want to draw this out too much, but uh, basically I... And, and this is not to cast blame on my mother or father, but I didn't see a whole lot of good modeling of what a Christ-centered, biblically-based marriage should be. Uh, I didn't witness many interactions of affection between my mom and dad. Uh, I think my mom a lot of times compensated for my father, uh, who at the time just didn't appear to be loving. He was very involved at work um, and wasn't wasn't nurturing in a lot of ways and and again this is not about casting blame or even offering excuses for the choices that I made later in life but it all sort of shaped my mind and my thinking and uh, skewed in a lot of ways my idea of what true biblical marriage was supposed to look like and so uh, after going off to college and coming back and, and, and meeting Amy uh, I, I went into the marriage uh, with that authoritarian background and so one verse I can relate to that thinking and that is that women are to be submissive to their husbands that was ingrained and that's true. I mean, women are to be submissive to their husbands, but you know what I was neglecting uh, to uh, instill in my own life was that second half of the passage, which instructed husbands to love your wife like Christ loved the church. So I tended to forget about that part and focus on uh, my wife doing what I wanted or my will being done, and that's not proper leadership. And so. Uh, that contributed greatly. Uh, that flawed perspective uh, on what brought down the marriage. Uh, and you know, as the husband and father, I take full responsibility for my failures because, as husbands, we are charged with being responsible for the spiritual condition of our homes. And I had, through my ignorance and pride and stubbornness, allow things to get to the point where 
you know, it was obvious the foundation wasn't where it needed to be. And uh, that's not too too in depth about my background. I mean, there's there's some other things that we might bring up later. Uh, but I just wanted you all to get a little get a little idea of where I was coming from. Now, Amy has a little bit different story, whereas I was all over the map, you know, in a larger family. Hers is quite different. Go ahead and share. Well, growing up, I grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee, where we now reside. Um, and I grew up as an only child. And I think bringing, coming into the marriage, um, one thing that I think I brought to the marriage is the fact that I had a very strong head about me. I was very stubborn. And, strong, um, strong will. Strong will. Yeah, and you know we'll talk about later how that can be a very good thing when it is used Proper. for God's purposes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but growing up, I, I grew up in a Christian home, and both my mother and father were very diligent about plugging in at church and being involved. Um, and again, like Tommy, not to you know, cast blame on our parents or make excuses. But growing up, my father worked the night shift. And so oftentimes I was with my mother, who pretty much led the home, led everything. Um, she led my spiritual growth. And it was essentially just because my father wasn't was at home in the evenings, um, he was working, so. He couldn't be there. He could not be there, yeah. correct. Yeah. So I saw growing up my mother take a large leadership role. And I mean, it, it wasn't for the fact of anything other than my father worked nights. And um, on the weekends when we were all together, you know, we, we enjoyed each other's company. We went to church and, um, you know, I think that I had a very quote-unquote normal upbringing, um, but going into marriage, I think where Tommy and I really butt heads, or began to butt heads, was when he did have that authoritative um, background to where you know, sometimes it was very much like, you do what I say when I say, and... Um, I think one, one of the problems there was that, you know, my, my heart condition wasn't correct at that time. And so when I was asserting myself, I was thinking I had a biblical basis for, us, for it. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't a matter for me of, well, I'm... I'm just a man, uh, I have more power in the relationship. No, I've actually got the backing of scripture here, and God <laughs> right. is on my side, and so you are to do what I say. Yeah, and I did very much um, want to please my husband, and in my mind, I think I did try to do everything possible to make him happy, to please him. Um, if only I could be a better wife or a better cook or, you know, eventually a better mother. I felt like I was constantly trying to do things to please him. But at the same time, my heart condition was not 
where it was supposed to be because I was really focusing on Tommy to bring me love and affirmation and I was not receiving that from the Lord. Um, so I think, you know, I, I began to harbor bitterness in my heart, but the bitterness along with my stubbornness um, came to a head to where I was no longer willing to listen to my husband. I was no longer willing to respect him. Uh, and I just I had a deep-seated bitterness that grew over time. And I did not properly communicate how I felt with him. Um, I think I, I did in the beginning, but if there was any type of resistance, I would tend to shut down and just not communicate and not talk to him about how I was feeling and how we could, you know, change the patterns of behavior. And I think for the most part, neither one of us at the time, we, we knew that things weren't going well, but I don't think either one of us realized the true condition of our hearts. Um, and also to say that we don't believe that you know, your, your past defines you, but it certainly does help shape. Yeah, it can definitely. Your tone for life. Well, it does. It does influence yeah. us. And so I feel like I, I never properly knew um, how to communicate well. Um, my parents, I, I, I did not see them, you know, communicate often. And I will say, oftentimes, if there were there was a disagreement, it would be my mom voicing her displeasure, and my dad just kind of not saying a whole lot. Um, I think maybe you know pushing things under the rug, hoping things would get better. Kind of avoidance. Yeah, somewhat. Would you say? Yeah. Not, not ever really dealing with the issue. Just right. Hoping it'll go away. Hoping it will go away. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think I saw, you know, avoidance and lack of communication growing up for me, and I, I believe I patterned my behaviors after that as well, and, you know, that, that definitely shaped how I spoke to Tommy, um, how I dealt with our issues or did not deal with the issues, just hoping that it would all go away until eventually... It, it blew up in our faces. <laughs> and did it ever. Yes. <laughs> and we'll, we'll certainly be talking more specifically about the things that contributed as well as our, our states of mind or during that whole time. It was life-changing, life-altering. Uh, but... You know, if God's going to get a hold of somebody, oftentimes that's, that's what he has to do. He has to shake things up dramatically uh, to bring about his will. All right, well, I want to real quickly talk about our goal and, and mission right now for uh, purposed marriage. And if you were to be asked, well, what, what is the point of your ministry? What are you hoping to accomplish here? What would you say? I think that our goal of purpose marriage is to offer biblical hope and encouragement to those who are experiencing hardships in marriage 
possibly even a broken marriage um, to where, you know, one spouse is headed towards divorce or maybe even has already um, seeking legal action to divorce their spouse. Yeah, and, and I'm going to interrupt you real quick just to point out, Amy and I actually were divorced. Yes. Uh, we were we were divorced and remarried. All right, within that's, that's not year. to say within the same year. <laughs> yeah, this isn't to say we were... We divorced somebody else. No, we were originally married in 2000... 2005. 2000, 2005. <laughs> <laughs> you see, well, that's another story right there. 2005, and then it was 2016 that the divorce went through. And then at the end of 2016... We got remarried. Yeah, the divorce didn't take. And so that was only because <laughs> of God. the Lord's intervention. Right. I'm, I'm sorry I interrupted you there. I, I did want to make that clear in case people actually didn't know that yes, we went no, through a divorce. A so when you say, you know, we want to help people, well, we've got a little bit of experience when it comes to being in a marriage that is in crisis mode and even is dissolved. Yes. You know? um, yeah, I mean, that that's pretty much all I had to say. Just open. An offering, and we want to specifically mention biblical hope because there are a lot of different ministries that may offer hope. Um, but what our desire is to ground everything that we are saying and that we are discussing and that we are teaching in the Word of God. Yeah, if the, if the advice or counsel that we are imparting to those who are listening is not biblically based... I mean, you can just categorize it as the wisdom of man. That's not to say that you can't receive good advice or counsel from people. I mean, people could offer advice, and it could be that that advice is aligned with Scripture. With, with scripture mm -hmm. And that's great. And in that case, that would be good counsel. Uh, but we, but want, we that want to make sure that our all of our counsel is actually grounded. And, mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately, as Amy will attest to, not all the, quote, Christian counseling that one receives is actually biblical. In fact, it can be counter to what uh, the Bible brings forth as truth. And so, you know, our, our perspective and mission is one that it always needs to be rooted in Scripture and what it says that this is the sole source of absolute truth that God has given to man, His work. Uh, as far as the idea of purposed marriage, uh, that was born from something special that happened to me in the midst of my stand. And I'll share that real quickly. Uh, it was, uh, I would say, about, oh... Six months in? Four to six months mm -hmm. yeah, into uh, my stand. We, had, we were separated. I was at this time living... Uh, another apartment. There's my uh, middle son, Elijah would say, the or apartment. We joke about it now. We call it, oh, there's the or apartment. Uh, about, uh, on this particular night, I, I did not have the boys, and uh, I had a very intense evening of prayer with the Lord, very much burdened for my wife, and I recognized her heart condition at the time was very hard and, you know, calloused, and of course, my actions and my failures as a husband that fostered uh, that condition. But 
the time I was just a burden for our marriage, I thought I saw you know this separation is just the next step to divorce. And uh, well, at any rate, much time in prayer that evening, uh, a very emotional time. In fact, I, I fell asleep praying, uh, asking specifically for the Lord to change the, the tra trajectory and the direction things were headed. You know, praying that uh, Amy's heart would be changed and that our marriage would be saved. And I fell asleep. Uh, I would say it was probably about 1 o'clock, 1.30 in the morning, and I was awakened again and just felt burdened to continue praying for our marriage. I did so. Fell asleep about an hour later. I was awakened, and when I was awakened, I was wide awake. I was not groggy. I I knew exactly what was going on, and what was running through my mind was a scripture reference, and it was Isaiah 46:11. Now I was not familiar at that time what the scripture verse actually was, but it was it was as though I just heard in my head. Isaiah 46:11 repeatedly over, over, over. And so I thought, okay, um, Lord, if this is you impressing upon me to read something from your word, I'll go ahead and do that. So I got out uh, my phone and I had a Bible app on it, and I opened it to the passage. And Isaiah 46:11 reads, "Calling a bird of prey from the east, a man of my counsel from a far country, I have spoken." And I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, and I will do it. And uh, I'll say later more about uh, some of the other implications of that verse and how even things that the time contained in the verse, I wasn't understanding the relation or correlation to what I was experiencing, came to play in a mighty way right before our marriage was restored. Mm -hmm. But for the... Uh, <laughs> For those out there understanding, well, what can we take from that verse? It's really the the last half. I have purposed, and I will do it. And you know, I, I had asked God, Lord, please restore my marriage, you know, for Your glory and for Your kingdom. And the answer was very clear. I have purposed, and I will do it. And so uh, that has formed the basis of the name of our ministry purposed marriage and ultimately we believe that the whole point of Christians being married to one another in a godly biblical context is for us to bring glory to the Lord and for his kingdom to grow and to be expanded and uh, certainly the Lord wasn't honored in the way I was leading in our marriage before all this happened but it's our goal and mission to to do that now and to uh, offer counsel and advice to people uh, that would help them realize that same thing in their marriage, that it is, there is a point mm -hmm. to their marriage and why you should be living this way. You wanted to add something? Yeah, I think also it's important for those of our listeners who may not be familiar with our background or our story to point out that we were married for 10 years prior to, you'll also hear us call it the valley or our pause, as we like to call it. Um, so we were married 10 years prior to that. And during that time, I was very fervently praying for Tommy um, that 
God would get a hold of him, that God would change his heart. Um, my desire was that we would have a oneness, and I felt like that we never truly have that oneness in marriage that was described um, in biblical marriage as well as in the church, which is what... Yeah, certainly the picture that Scripture paints of marriage, uh, that wasn't visible. Yes, it, it, it was very much not visible at all. And, and it may have been to outsiders that saw us you know, it, even in church, um, I think some not out of church. Saw. Yeah, I think some mm -hmm. did, but um, but anyway, it's. I think it's important to bring that point up that I had prayed for him for ten years that God would change his heart, and at that point he had a very hardened heart, um, and then once God actually did get a hold of him and started changing him from the inside out. I had had enough. By then it was too late. Yes. And I very I much... Didn't, I didn't learn my lesson <laughs> quick enough. No, you did not. And I very much let him know it's too late. You had your chance. You had your chance for 10 years. We're I done. waited. I prayed. Um, but I think that that's so important because we could have... You know, all of this could have been prevented. The divorce could have been prevented had I just waited on the Lord to work in his heart. So once the Lord started working in Tommy's heart and transforming him, um, I it was almost like he handed off the baton to me well, and, and that, my heart. That, that heart. handed you were I think you were taken back by how quickly it happened. I mean in your mind you're like you you can't change like this overnight. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, um, I believe you were faking it. Right. Just to get me back, or for us to be to to be living together again. And you you could not see that because you were so so used to seeing the old pattern uh, for years, seeing that. And so when God intervened and He shook me, I mean it it was very much for me like a Damascus Road experience where it's like the turn was, was just immediate, mm -hmm. and there was no way. Uh, given our, our background and what Amy had been used to, that she could believe that it was what she real. was seeing was actually authentic and real. Yes. Yeah. And I think also, you know, you made a good point. Over that 10-year span, he had promised that he would change. Um, we even sought out counseling once, and it did not go well. <laughs> um but well, it was pretty much a one and done. It was one and done yeah, for and you. Well, I, I did what you wanted me to do, and so, you know, we'll check this off the list. And of course, you, you took from that same list. You borrowed that that list <laughs> yes, later on. Yes, you handed the list off to me. Yeah. And so at that point, I um, began to have a hardened heart, and um, I started just shutting down and walking away from the Lord. And at that point, um, we were separated, um, living in separate homes, and I was the one that pursued divorce. Um, even though Tommy made it very well known that he did not desire divorce. Um, and he even asked me, well, you know, is it, or one of our pastors actually asked, do you, you know, desire divorce? And I said, oh, no, I, I desire to work it out. Um, and then the next day, I filed for divorce. Wow. It was the next day. <laughs> was it really? 
I, I mean, it was pretty close. It was within like. Was this after talking to to Joe? Yes, Pastor oh. Joe. Oh. Yes. Interesting. See, now Who, I'm learning something for the first time. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize it was that quick. It was very quick. Although I will say at the time, and I should clarify, we were not involved in any type of church home. We had visited um, On the and church. Off attenders mm -hmm. of one local church here, which we are now active Which we are now of. a part of. And I have to say, if it were not for our local church in the way that the pastors and the members poured into our lives. Um, honestly, I, I don't know where we would be. Well, uh, I mean, the Lord can use anything mm -hmm. or anybody uh, to bring about His, His will. Yeah, mm -hmm. he, he He used this body of believers uh, there. So. So I just I wanted to clarify that. No, that's good. That's good. Uh, well, we want to give listeners an idea of what you can expect in the coming broadcast and the, the sort of things that we're going to hit on. This part actually is scripted. I jotted down a few things just for reference sake. So one of the things we want to focus on is how to deal with and cope with the pain. Because if you are a stander uh, in a marriage that is crumbling, the pain, the emotional pain is very, very real. And I can attest to the fact that when I was dealing with this, trying to fight it and do everything I could to prevent it, that emotional suffering, I mean, it was, it was heart-wrenching. I mean, it was, I often say that, you know, one of the, the tried-and-true methods for weight loss is just, just start going through a divorce. <laughs> yeah, be the one not wanting yes. the divorce. And uh, you'll lose weight, you know, lickety split. So that's one. How to deal with the pain? Uh, how we can establish new patterns and interactions uh, with your spouse? What to do uh, when communication is non-existent? Your husband or wife has turned outright hostile to you. Uh, so we want to focus on these sorts of topics and then give you a perspective from both the standard and the prodigal side because right? one of the things that you will struggle with is trying to understand what is going on on the other side of the mountain mm -hmm. my my husband or wife they're just I, I don't know what they're thinking I don't understand how they could do this or do that mm -hmm. and we want to relay you know the sort of things that they're actually dealing with and struggling with right. you know and that's not to say you need to understand everything that's going on right yeah, in their I, I lives. Would, I would venture to say. But I, I will say it does help knowing that just having a, a general idea of mm -hmm. what you're actually dealing with. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it it does help to understand from the prodigal's perspective, which I will be offering. Um, but at the same time, even you know, as Tommy and I have talked over the years of being remarried um, about these specific topics, a lot of it, it's even difficult for me to think back and bring good perspective on because it's nonsensical. I mean, I was living in sin. I was running from the Lord. I was not actively pursuing Christ. And when we turn to sin, our patterns of behavior don't make sense. Um, it, they're not logical. They're not aligned with the Bible. Therefore, 
I think it is important to also state that, you know, while we may offer a perspective, you may never, if you try to spend your time understanding the prodigal, You, you, that's you will, not where your focus it, yes. should be, it and, and it'll, be. it'll turn to madness because you will never understand why sinners sin. Well, other than to say because of sin. If your focus is on understanding the prodigal, then your energies are misplaced. Yes, it's not uh, focused what, on your what relationship it, what is with more the Lord. Helpful and beneficial to you is to be spending the time where you might be worrying or trying to understand what is going on in their head. Devoting that time to praying for your prodigal mm-hmm. or serving the Lord or spending time in His Word. And so uh, we encourage you all to have that understanding. And in the coming uh, broadcast, we hope to speak to that more in depth. Well. Uh, looks like the rain is starting to come down a little harder now, so <laughs> I think it's a fitting time for us to wrap up this episode. Uh, y'all, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate you listening. And uh, tell your friends, uh, family, and uh, loved ones, if you know of somebody who is struggling in their marriage, uh, it's just our goal to have an episode. Now, while we haven't talked about this, I'd say... Pretty often, pretty regularly, we want to put something out there uh, because I know for me, being able to feast on the Word and to hear uh, ministries out there that are offering things that are going to benefit me mm-hmm. and encourage me in my stand, the more, uh, the more the better. And so we'll be very deliberate and intentional about uh, putting more things out on a timely basis. But yeah, spread the word, purposemarriage.org. And um, let's go ahead and close this episode out with a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for this uh, time where we can share. Father, we pray for those who are right now struggling in their marriages. Father, I, I pray that you would encourage, equip, and empower uh, them to just press on and to, main, to remain faithful uh, to the covenants that they made. Lord, I pray that you would be with Uh, Amy and myself, Lord, as we seek to do your will and to impart uh, truths from your word. Lord, I pray that you would give us the things that need to be said, Father, and that they would fall upon hearers that need to listen to the message. Lord, go with us now. Bless us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Purposed Marriage Podcast. We hope and pray it strengthens and further equips you to remain committed to your marriage no matter the condition or circumstances. For more information and links to resources from our ministry, be sure to follow us on social media and through our official blog at purposedmarriage.org. If you have questions about standing for your marriage and desire to learn more about how to live biblically, During times of trial and heartache, please reach out to us via email. Our address is purposedmarriage at gmail.com. Until our next broadcast, may God continue to strengthen and encourage as you pursue a Christ-honoring and purposed marriage.